This sounds like incredible amount of dedication and motivation and commitment. But I have a question for you, Mr. Rao. And the question is that I notice in your resume, you are the chairman and the managing director of Lotus Energy System, which was founded in 77 with Swami's blessings. Yes. It's an engineering company and I went to the website and I checked. You are mostly into clean energies and alternate energies. Mm-hmm. Now, I also noticed this, uh, which looks like a little bit of a dissonance, and I hope you don't mind my asking this. As of 10th of July 2013, one of your directors is a person who has been found to impersonate Bhagwan Sri Satisai Baba after his departure from the physical body. Yes. Let me go back and then tell sure. you what happened in 2011 yes. after Swami's Mahasamadhi. We were involved, not necessarily through this person himself. The first that we got an opportunity was we were so into wanting to serve Swami, yes. which has been our life's mission. Clearly. The first thing that I think that we meaningfully did was, you have heard of the hospital at Raipur, I think. Yes. Yes. Now, we were asked, not by this person, but by a different person, a lady. They wanted to set up a counseling department over there. Okay. And they wanted us to come and train the mm-hmm. batch of counselors. Council local people who are willing to right. do this. So that is how I think we got in. Well, that was in 2012 that we went and spent two weeks. And the patients were the same patient category. And helped changed. them immensely. And, and the main them. thing that was also the part where we were highly vulnerable at that point. As and devotees. As millions of Baba yes. devotees. Though as devotees, we were all very, very clear well. in our minds, especially our family, that Swami doesn't need a medium to talk to us. But still repeatedly when he kept receiving calls for help, mm. saying that Swami has come in their and Swami has spoken to them, asking us to come and help them. Mm. And you know the kind of life which we have led. Right. Anything for Swami at any moment mm. was our Provided main it is genuinely uh, intent. For Swami. Yeah. Provided it was genuinely for Swami. Right. And what we saw there, patients, they didn't need this kind of you know, hand-holding. Right. So we trained a batch of ladies there mm. to do what we did here. Right. Without connecting it, that with anything which is happening now on the scene of people impersonating, impersonating Swami. Yes. Yeah. So there was no connection whatsoever. But around that time no. is when we were also introduced to this boy. The boy, in fact, he came repeatedly to our house, saying that Swami has sent him to us with different messages. First, he wanted to meet my son, and then he wanted to meet me. And then, uh, of course, he met the entire family. And at that point, he was just an old student of Swami's college. Nothing to do with the person he is now. And he said, Swami wants for whatever the good work he started, for us to get together and give away 50% of the company's profits towards service courses. Of your company, Lotus Energy. No. I think we have no. to correct this right now. Right. Lotus yeah. Energy Systems has got nothing to do with this the boy. That is our company, company original started by Swami. A separate company was set up by this boy called Lotus Energy, Energy Solutions. Mm-hmm. So that is a different company. And this company which you were talking about, Lotus Energy Systems, Private Limited, that is the company where only my husband, my son and I are the directors. Mm-hmm. Nobody else um, is involved. Just going back into that, you know, Lotus Energy Systems was the company formed in 77 yes and that still stays and that was never been touched it still maintains its own I see there is nobody else other than the three of us hmm. but it's the one with the solutions yeah, which has then what happened during this period was 2012 when we got involved with the hospital so on this concept of wanting to set up a clean energy company that's fine and I said let's form a new company called Lotus Energy Solutions so they use just the name Lotus Energy of course anybody is free to use the name as long as the company gives its ex. So that company was where this boy was a director and several others. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be in the corporate world when I came back from the U.S. Right. But I found that the corporate world was not quite what I felt at ease after mm-hmm. having come to be with Swami. And I told Swami, Swami, this is not for me. Right. And he said, you start your own. And that's and he gave the name Lotus in 77 mm-hmm. and started and, you know, been existing that way. So when this uh, thing happened, the other company was also to be run on the same lines. It was the first company that we said would give away built into its uh, articles of association to give 50% of its profits for charitable causes, which is something that was new in the Indian uh, corporate sector. So we were thrilled about this whole thing that Swami is taking it to a new level. And uh, and at that point, we were made to believe that it was for whatever Swami had already set up in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Not for the new project no. that would be announced dime a dozen every day. No, uh, no, no, no. About that so, so that it, you know, it was because you have to give back and it has to grow and Swami's physical form is not there anymore. So let this company, it will definitely prosper and 50% of it will be fed back into that is what we were made to believe. And that's the only reason why my son and my husband got involved in it at that point. And being from the energy side, Swami said, well, because of the environment, the energy thing is going to change. And he said more use of renewables like solar and wind and natural gas would be the fuel of choice which is going to be the clean energy right. and it was very very inspiring when you say Swami said what do you mean I mean when I listened so like when the first girl contacted us about saying starter accounting department in Raipur right some of it was some messages she's received in a dream and some of it is when she sits in meditation she is able to intuitively you know, did you believe that at that she, stage you, I think we did because of what we you, saw the work which had been set up yes we did believe it you believe it in the context of things. We believed in the context of the Riper Hospital and we knew the Riper Hospital was happening and they were very keen to set up a counseling department. So we said that, you know, things are falling into a pattern there. Mm. Wherever may be the source of Swami is, what should we say? We uh, analyzed it within ourselves. Is this the right thing to do mm-hmm. for us? And we felt, yes, if help is needed, we certainly will go there and help. Same thing with the uh, company also. See, we are living in a world which is crying for pollution, the environment, climate and all that. What can you do about changing that? Mm. Secondly, you are living in a world of corporate greed. Right. So when this was started, it was an ideal thing for us to... So the narrative was very suitable because it spoke to your heart. It spoke to our heart. And and you responded to it. We responded. And so the first group which was brought in were all people whom we recognized as Swami's students. Would you say the same thing today when you look back? The cause was genuine. No, there's a big difference. So we've signed off from the entire thing. What Swami, Swami Swami quote unquote, wanted us to do... Yeah. In 2012, we were already uh, known very well as a company for its uh, clean reputation. Although we were a very small company. Yeah. Your I own think, company. Yes. Yeah. I think it's written up in Satyam Shivam Sundram right. from Volume 6 or something about Lotus Energies. So we had that part of it. But when we saw that the purpose for which it was going to be used by the other directors was going to be going in a different direction. Which is what? The concept was more about commercialized. Going back to the same old way of uh, doing business, 
Whatever happened to the 50% for existing that projects? That was there in the background, but they never thought about it ever materializing. And we knew that in the conversation started drifting towards hmm. how they were going in for donations. See, it was against what Swami ever did. Right. See, uh, the moment for, we saw that happening, we knew definitely this is not Swami's energy. This is not. There because is some, uh, we've known Swami and he was dead against anybody spreading out their hands and asking people for money. Mm-hmm. So have you parted ways with oh, this? Yes, of course, them. completely. Yeah, so and was the parting difficult, complicated? It is complicated because whenever you have a company, you know, yes. you've got to go through some. So we've now signed off from everything for the last couple of years. We are Three years. Open. See, we have seen the hospitals being built here and uh, I have been tutored under people like Colonel Jogarov. Hmm. <laughs> Directly and under Swami. Under Swami. Personally. Yes. No, no. Second level, I'm saying. Hmm. Right. So we knew how contractors have to be. But there we saw that it really everything was not being hunky-dory there in terms of how things were being done. And this is what put Vidya there and me quite a bit off. We pointed out certain things which were irregularities which was not liked. Hmm. So, Geetaji, I want to hear your perspective on this experience. What have you learned from it? I think what I learned was a good amount, Karnaji. See, when we lost Swami and after his Mahasamadhi, I think we started reaching out instead of reaching within. Hmm. That was a big mistake, mm. is what I learned. And the moment someone came to just reach out and say, this is the message Swami has for you. Having been with Swami all these years, I think innately I wanted to listen to that. Yeah, just hold on to something. I just wanted to hold on to something. So when somebody came and said, this is exactly. And the goal of whatever they were saying seemed very much in tune with what Swami would normally have done. Yeah, the message is very camouflaged. Yes. So we just got sucked into it initially. I was the first one to step away from this, from our family, because I realized things were just not right. Something mm. was not right. Mm. So I stopped visiting, you know, wherever they had the bhajans. And, because we were constantly invited, mm-hmm. constantly asked to be present and seen in public. Mm-hmm. But then something was not quite right innately. So by then, as I said, when we start meditating and connecting to Swami within, we don't need any crutches anymore. So we don't need to look out to hold on to something, right? Because that force is deep within is what I have learned to stop looking outside. This was a big learning experience for me. The end doesn't justify the means. No matter what. No matter what. But if the end is for a noble cause, you are initially inspired because the means have not been put into place yet. It's, It's something that is still not yet taken place. You've got a vision and you're only embarking on the mission. For us, the first step was we saw part of it because we saw rapidly the riper hospital coming up as something as the end. And the means at that point was also good because the way they had gotten the whole thing going. So we were for some time very much supporting that. The same mission was to be undertaken for this company also, but companies on this scale cannot be done overnight. It has a gestation period. Hmm. And the point about this is the people who control it should be remain in control all the way through to achieve the... You can't get it started and then start interfering and changing the goalpost. On an ongoing basis, on depending an ongoing on basis. what And then at that point when you are traversing this uh, journey, then you start seeing that what you had started off is not what exactly is happening. Then you stop back. And that is where Swami, I think, really helped us to start looking within. Because that little stabilizing time had also happened for a couple of years for us to get away from the physical dependence on Swami to start depending on ourselves. 
And when we did that through our own uh, deep meditation every day and uh, questioning, see everything Swami would always tell us, ask yourself, is this what Swami wants? And when you asked, pose that question to yourself, what was the then, answer? Then what, that was the answers that were coming out, you know. If this is not what is dharmic in when you started with, you have no place there. And for me, the dharma was the ultimate test, you know. But I think looking at it from a bigger picture, Karnaji, mm-hmm. whatever it is that mm-hmm. was a learning, and right, I think that would never have happened if this involvement wasn't there. Yeah, that's See, another. now we have learned something. We've in got hindsight, tools. Yes, hindsight. Yes, yes. So yeah. we can use it in the company in the right way, in a dharmic way. And I think maybe your experience was meant to guide many other people who might fall into this trap simply because of their love for Swami and yes. their emotional vulnerability in light of his physical absence. I sincerely hope so. <laughs> yes. Over many generations you yes. have served Swami in many ways, yet perhaps the most important of them is your sharing of this story. Now, Mr. Rao, you're a man of much experience. You've seen the world. You have served the mission from inside out, along with your mother, your father, your brother-in-law, your cousins, and your, your immediate family. I ask you this question. If you have a piece of advice for people who are getting these invites, as you got, and who are thinking that this is just Swami's mission continuing, what would you tell them? In one very simple sentence, look into yourself examine what is being told to you about this Swami's mission and then ask yourself that question, is this what Swami really wants and is this the right way to do it? What answer you get out of that would be the answer that you would have to take the path forward. Not to be gullible. Not to be. You have to go back inside. You have to ask that question within you. This is not twisting. You're talking about Swami devotees, right? Those who have been exposed to Swami. Ask yourself honestly, when you talk about doing service, Swami has always mentioned service comes with a touch of ego. It is selfless service that Swami wants. So when you want to do service, think, is this going to be selfless service that I'm going to be involved in? You did not find yourself involved in selfless service? In the beginning, it was selfless service. But when I started looking at what the others were, then I found that if I am going to go along with what my fellow directors want in this company, then it is not going to be. I'm going to be serving not what Swami calls dharma, which would not be selfless. Good for you, Mr. Rao, that you had the realization. Yes, this is the realization, which I realized it maybe perhaps a little late, but the learning had to happen. But if somebody wants to gain from that learning and if a proposition is made to them, let them just think, this: is this going to be a selfless service? Because what I have seen or perceived now of the thing is, if I say well, I'll do service, but in the process I'm getting myself in a high visibility zone. And if that is what I'm really craving for, to be positioned in the limelight, then it's not selfless service. It's going to be a very short-term gain. So you have to be truthful to yourself. You have to make that honest appraisal of your own want about what is the seva that I'm supposed to be doing, which people are asking me to get into. Is that truly going to be a selfless service in which I'm not going to be gloating of my own ego or in any way? I'm going to do this so that I can serve Swami. The bottom line, Karunaji, is when you rest at night, you've got to rest in peace, not worried at this stage and phase in our life. If everything is pure and straight Mm. and clean, Mm. then we'll continue having the kind of rest that we have always had because our conscience is clear. 
but being involved in something where your heart says no and you're forced to do something because unknowingly you got sucked into something. I feel you have to have the strength in you to just draw the line and say, I'm out of it completely. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier the word, don't be gullible. Yes. Could you elaborate, please? See, when people say so many things about Swami and mm. you do believe that, yes, that's going to be the final product. In terms mean of like projects that they keep yes, announcing? Yes, the various projects. But I think as far as a company is concerned mm. is all that I can talk about. The goals which they had set for the company and the way they started bringing in new people whom we didn't know at all, who were not side devotees, but who had been people in the world of finance, managing finance, and uh, who did not have what Swami would expect from a team. You know, like we were talking to you about how Swami handpicked people with true integrity Mm. to be part of the organization. And to lay the by-rules, the laws, everything, the foundation of this organization that is going to survive the test of time for thousands of years to come. Absolutely. I didn't find that in the new directors who were brought into this company. This is a lot of red flags. Yes. So definitely we didn't want to be part of that. So the decision to move out and disengage with this big drama or charade that was going on, in your opinion, did it come unanimously to all of you as a family because you live together and your son is involved in it or did you have to work on each other and convince each other? No, I think it just came naturally to each one of us because I think I was the first to step out of the whole thing and I stopped being involved in anything to do with the movement. But because of a commitment of completing jobs, which Lotus Energy Systems Company had taken. Both my son and husband had to continue till they finished the project. So once that was over, even they realized that innately, every one of us knew that things were not going in the right direction. So I don't think we had to influence each other because it was right there in front of us. Because when somebody starts behaving like Swami, somebody starts, Hmm. you know, that part of it is something which none of the old devotees can stumble. We cannot accept that. Because up until that moment, all these things were not happening. Okay, and imagine one minute you're producing Lingam and Vibhuti yes. in a very, very contrived fashion. Next minute you're a director of a company that is being driven by a totally different motive. Yes. How do you reconcile all this? It's, it is very, very difficult because what we saw was a student coming in, touching our feet and saying, Swami has asked me to do. This is the picture I'm giving you. Right. That's how it was. So whatever help the boy needed, we extended our help. Out of the goodness of your out heart. Out of the goodness of our heart and out of, you know, well, as a size student is coming here seeking help, so render right. help. But we never even dreamt at that point that we would be taken advantage of. Mm. So along the way, as time rolled by, we realized that people were being brought in and the company was being created and the company really had a very good goal, which, uh, you know, was to feed the existing trust or, you know, the existing hospitals where we were already involved in and the organization where my father-in-law and grand-uncle were involved in. Mm. So, I mean, naturally, we said, oh, my God, yes, Swami's physical form is not here, but if this is going to be for a good cause for Swami's cause, we'll do anything. Like, I'll just give you a small example, Karunaji. When he was being wheeled into the OT, the operation theater at Malia Hospital. Many years ago. Many years ago. I had taken permission from the doctor to just pray for him before he just went in. Right. And they did grant me the permission, and I was just praying for him. And the only thing which came out of his lips, because his voice was very feeble at that point is make sure that the generator is delivered on time for Swami's new building. Because I believe that was one of the many tasks that Swami entrusted you both with. And he said make sure because that was supposed to be our birthday gift to Swami. Hmm. He said make sure that that happened. This was on July 6th. Hmm. 20 years ago. And we didn't even know whether he was going to come out of that operation theater alive. Hmm. 
Imagine a man who doesn't know whether he was going to come out alive of the operation theater. His last wish, that was his priority. That the task assigned to him must be completed, Swami. So he he was looking at something which is much larger than his own physical. Hmm. So I guess you both made very good candidates for such a team to look for. (laughs) Totally committed. Anything, Swami, ready to do it. So you were ideal and you were the poster girl and the poster boy to lend a stamp of legitimacy because your presence would make people think, oh, look at Umesh Rao and Geeta, they are there. If they are there, there must be something to it. And you didn't realize you were being played. No. No, we didn't realize that. And the soil was so fertile at that moment. Yeah, because of our emotional emotions. Emotions, yes. And of us wanting to do our best for Swami. You know, like as always, give our best. How does it feel to come home now to Prashanti? <sighs> Lovely. Oh, coming back physically to Prashanti. This is again Swami's miracle that my granddaughter, we had absolutely given her a choice of school. And colleges. Her, uh, 10th standard. We didn't ask her to join over here or anything. But she made up her mind herself because Vidyadhar had studied yes I want to study in my father's school it was a child's choice it was her choice totally and she drew you all back home that was what Swami drew her so along with her he drew us back and also I think by then we had kind of come to accept that coming to Puttaparthi needn't necessarily be missing Swami's physical presence Mm -hmm. so we had also kind of matured along the way over the past year a few years so that is also an important feature right it was um, a lot of trauma for a lot Yes, of it was a lot of trauma to come back to see Swami's absence, which no doubt we were preparing in our mind, but you do miss that smile, you do miss that contact. But then we have now reconciled ourselves as well as accepted that He is far, far you know, greater than just that. One of the last things that I had with Him mm-hmm. was 2010 was when we made the presentation at Mayo. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a hallmark event for us because to get a certification from Mayo Clinic, yes. Mayo Clinic mm. was something. And that was not just that we made a presentation. Mm. It was a regular research conference that Mayo has every biennial and event it is. And they had invited for presentations and typically you submit abstracts and they go through, you know. Right. Uh, approval process. Approval, a committee for approval. And our abstract got selected. Because I just asked Swami, Swami, should I submit this? Yeah, you do it, it will happen. Conference was in about 2010, end of it, or November, December. It got accepted and then the response to it was so huge. Matter of fact, if you've seen it in our website, hmm. you'll see towards the end, mm-hmm. there is one little thing there about the Mio. Yes. So you click on that, you'll see the audience response. To your presentation. To our presentation. You should read the audience response to what they talk about Swamis. See, that was such a huge thing to get. The counseling way. Yes. And so when I came and gave that to Swami, he was so happy about the whole thing. This was in about, I think, uh, in January of 2011, because all the results came out then. And it was only a matter of four weeks before Bhagavan left the body. Yes. I see. And uh, having, uh, when we could interact with him physically, then suddenly to lose that physical contact. Big vacuum. Big vacuum. See, all millions of us were devastated, but all millions of us did not have that physical access to Bhagwan. You know, especially if you were a girl child in his university, you had learned to depend on the Sai within, because yeah. we did not have the opportunity to go up to the veranda and ask Swami everything. Yes. So half of our life we spent sitting in front of his image and praying in our hearts and looking for answers. But yes. people like yourselves who were directly involved in the Sai mission and were interacting with him on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. 
Yes. For you, it was a very different transition, I guess. Yes, because it was, you know, for us, the interaction which still lingered in our memories and was very strong yeah. was not what happened. Like I told you, that there are three different phases of Swami when he came up to the point of 1960s. Yes. That was when the avatar would just started making its presence, worldwide presence felt. And then 65 to 85 was when the formative years were there. Hmm. And 85 was the beginning when the big project started hmm. and that kicked off a different era. Yeah. And we didn't get physically that close to Swami in terms of Swami visiting our house without any announcement like what we were sharing, which was so routine and matter-of-fact to us. You see, that kind of physical proximity, having enjoyed that, yeah. to having totally losing that, Mm. was something that was a very, very uh, traumatic experience which took its own uh, time to settle down. But I truly believe without Swami's will, nothing can happen, Karnaji. So this detour, you detour feel, yes, also I also feel his, yeah. it is with a purpose because now you've gained some knowledge and you're able to maybe guide many more people and yes. you're capable of articulating the experience with a certain degree of authenticity and credibility. Right. And see, sometimes you don't know what Swami has. I mean, the actual Swami, when He wills it, you know, He's omnipresent. And so I think He kind of makes us learn certain things, come out of something, so that you'll be able to create what He genuinely wants us to create. Good. Now, as a woman of such dynamic, practical knowledge and wisdom, Gita Ji, what would you tell a lot of emotionally vulnerable people who are getting drifted and sucked into this unfortunate situation? Because they get a phone call and they get told, Swami has picked your name, only you're invited, nobody else should come. And it's only a select group of people. There's a sari and a gold bracelet and a box of sweets waiting and all that in a private interview. What guidance would you give them? I think we all need to stick to what we have been exposed to when Swami was in his physical form. Stick to whatever opportunities of service is possible within our own area because I personally feel through seva, through service of pure intent, Swami's presence is felt by each one of us, Karunaji. And this can happen wherever our students are, close to their residence, whatever is available. There's no need for them to go you know, running after gold bracelets and saris, for sure. Mm-hmm. The devotees deeply want is to stay and connect with Swami. And I personally feel service, the path of karma, is definitely a true path to be able to remain in connect with Swami. And that has been the experience, not just of me and my family, but of all the counselors who come to the counseling department. So the moment these opportunities to serve with pure intent is made possible by the organization, the devotees, I don't think there's any need for them to go anywhere else. Mm. Because all that they are desperately wanting is to stay in connect with Swami. And I personally feel, like for instance, you enjoy doing this work. I enjoy doing the counseling. I enjoy teaching the nursing students because I feel Swami's presence at every point. And so it's the same about all our 33 counselors. They let go of everything else on that one day of seva and they come traveling all that way. For some, it takes two hours to come to Whitefield. Why do they do that? Because they do feel Swami's presence through that work. So if you can create these work opportunities, be it for any devotee, I truly believe they will be where Swami wants them to. Your final thoughts? I think that's probably the bottom line, is that Swami has always said, service, service and service and selfless service. And I think there are a lot of people who are also yearning to do this, the girls at Anandpur, the students over here. And it might be that we must possibly give them more opportunities to be able to 
do this also. I see that's happening with the organization. But is there a dearth of opportunity? The Satisai Seva organization is so vibrant. Everybody can find something very constructive to do. Then there is, you know, Sri Satisai Vidya Vahini. People can remotely volunteer and the Seva organization. There is so much to do. Maybe sending an invite to the devotees and creating that platform for them would be the next step. Because, yeah. yes, Swami has set up such a beautiful organization with so many mm-hmm. different you know, aspects of Seva. But continuous connect, I think there's been a disconnect. And that's why the moment they receive an invite from somewhere, they feel tempted to go there. I think when we say we have all these opportunities, as you said, various platforms, sometimes I think uh, we need to go that extra mile. Sometimes I feel that our Whitefield Hospital is neglected. How many people have come and visited the hospital, seen the counseling in action? You know, I was listening to that presentation of the Dhanavantri Awards to the doctors. Right. And the first doctor who spoke from Hyderabad, he mentioned about that we should have spirituality in dimension in our medical. And I said, he hasn't probably been to our uh, hospital, which is the truth. And the awareness. Awareness. So I said that's that extra mile we have to go. So when we talk about projects, that's the beauty about what uh, Shravan Kumar and a couple of our managers did was they have gone physically to where the rehab programs are being done. Physically they have participated and seen what is being done. I think maybe that might be the extra mile that has to be taken to get more people exposed to what is happening a simple thing like even if the Anandpur girls were to talk to our nursing college girls and ask them what is it that you have gained out of the EHV program because they are a professional group there. The interaction in itself would bring... It's providing these opportunities, I think, these little pockets of opportunities and making that awareness spread, saying that, hey, there's a need, so fill up the need. And that's what, exactly what's happening in the other camp. Mm-hmm. We need all those little last mile connectivity, getting all the things tied together. Because they're just longing for that. And perhaps that same vacuum and longing and uh, looking for some recognition and opportunity to do something which they feel is meaningful is what is drawing them. And then little do they realize, as you did, you know, maybe you had the maturity to see what a young person may not sometimes have. Well, all I can say is it's been an eye-opener for me to sit across from both of you and to listen to your experiences. And I deeply appreciate your candor and your honesty and the humility with which you have shared this journey of your entire extended family over four generations and the extra mile that you have gone in the last mile connectivity to serve Swami and to stay true to Him. I think all your experiences give us much to think about and much to learn from, especially the last chapter, and I'm so grateful that you did not mind my asking you that question. No, not at all, because it's... Uh, Appreciate it very deeply, sir. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. You so much. It's been right. really you. a pleasure and an honor to be here. Likewise. Such a pleasure. Swami's... Uh, but listening to Swami is so edifying and listening to His glory and His life, the unending saga of love. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I'm really inspired by everything you have shared and on behalf of all our listeners and for generations to come for whom you have laid it out with such clarity, thank you very much. We thank, thank you, you also for giving us the opportunity. Sai 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 Sai